1: And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sklina. And I'm your other host, Matt Sklina. And Matt, we've got a phenomenal show for you today. We do. Bore on the floor secret. It is time to get I said started. bore on the floor secret. <laughs> of course, that's a reference to uh, HBO Succession. Of which, course it is. Which uh, we should say, you're, you're almost caught up. You're like season two, episode three. Season two, three? episode three. If you're not watching Succession, what are you, you should be. Uh, the other uh, thing that came out of our talk about succession was y- you didn't have HBO until about a week ago. It turns out it's only fifteen bucks or something. I know. So I've been sitting well on worth. the fence, going, "I don't need another fifty dollar payment." <laughs> <laughs> and turns out it was like twelve dollars. Like we added it, and also it opened up all these shows that we had previously and purchased oh, on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, which, which we we episode. bought season one of Succession for like fifty payments of HBO. <laughs> like that's how much it costs like i did the math but now like, you own them now we own. now we have yeah exactly <laughs> i'll watch it on an airplane when we lose wi-fi at some point but it's uh honestly though the new having hbo is a game changer for me this totally. is crazy that it took so long i i when you said that i was like coming in like i couldn't believe that yeah uh, for succession alone like can we say There's not a show out there that's as good as Succession right now. I'm going to go out and say that right now. And side note, I just had a client text me that I look like, uh, this is incredible. What's his name Kendall. Kendall. Kendall Roy. Kendall Roy, who before your client, we'll just say, before your client texted you this, I specifically said, man, they chose that actor perfectly because he's not unattractive, but he's clearly a loser. Yeah. And then moments (laughs) later, I got a text. (laughs) That said, within, within you, five minutes, <laughs> within five minutes of you saying that, I actually thought you were texting me. Uh, <laughs> it was actually an, a client saying, "Man, your gestures, the way you talk, everything <laughs> reminds Slump me shoulders. exactly <laughs> around, of Kendall Roy." and so uh anyways uh i'm feeling great about myself uh mel and dave Dupuy are on the show today this is this is a a great episode these guys are investors out of ontario but what i like about these guys is they basically went from one or two properties they bought 12 properties in a year now they have a hundred doors and it sounds like you know within the next three months or something they're gonna have added another hundred can we can we just pull back and and talk about that a hundred doors multifamily investors they did 12 properties in 12 months. Yeah, That's crazy. And they talk about how they did that, how they got the financing, what they look for in deals. The type of cash flow in North Bay, Ontario was kind of incredible as well. Yeah, no kidding. uh, It, It is a different world, but it's one that's going to be very interesting to you if you're an investor. And also if you're just interested in real estate, the way that we unpack certain strategies in this episode, I think you'll find very captivating for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. No, it, it, it's a really good conversation. And just quickly, while we're still on the topic of Mel and Dave, like they're on a family trip and and I'll, I'll let them tell this story, but basically it's a family trip. They decide that when they get back, it's go time for 2017 and It's unbelievable the trajectory from 2017 to 2019. Let's just say, think of our episode at the start of this last year where we talked about losing 10 pounds. they actually did it yeah yeah in this case it's like the equivalent of losing like 60 pounds but on a side note matt it's probably easier to buy 100 doors than lose 10 (laughs) pounds for you uh so (laughs) all right well wait but but before we get to mel and dave there's one more thing to talk about it's the stats that came out this morning so august was busy it was it was a lot busier than uh previous august uh which we should say what, what are the stats here? Well, the, it's, stat, it's- the stat is, so August 2019 was almost, sales were up 16% over August 2018. Wow. So it's still below the 10-year average. So if you're looking for trends here, July was up, second busiest month of 2019, and August kind of uh, surprised everyone as well. So uh, who knows? It's, it sounds like, I mean, yeah. the general sentiment out there is it's going to be a, a busier fall than spring, and I think the August numbers kind of prove that. Yeah, and and you know what? It feels busier out there for sure, uh, especially in the price bands that again, you know, I feel like we're we're beating the same dead horse here. But um, in the price bands where the local markets are very active, right? Well, uh, well, here's a teaser, Adam, for you uh, and for listeners that are not signed up to the Livewire, because we send out the real estate board stats they're going out today we also send out this sales ratios for specific sub areas and specific price bands right and that's something that you can't get anywhere else if you're looking at downtown condos and townhomes selling downtown in august and you look at the sales ratios okay there is only one market under 1.25 that is under a 30 percent sales ratio wow which is incredible, right? Like that's so back in sellers aggressive market. sellers markets in all sub markets, all sub price bands under one point two five under under six hundred k. We're looking at basically close to fifty percent. Actually, under seven hundred k, we're looking at basically close to fifty percent. Uh, and every other market below one point two five, except the nine hundred to a million, which was at twenty three percent. But other than that, like it's busy downtown, and uh, and that's just one teaser because you can get this whole package and check it out yourself and and we break it down actually by all the different sub bands that's so right. sub areas and sub price points so definitely sign up for the live wire it's something that we send out on a weekly basis and it does have that stats package and those stats are going out today and one last thing adam before we go to our talk with mel and dave here we got a couple books vancouverism by larry beasley to give away we do and uh thanks again for we had a bunch more people uh leave reviews this week, but not too many that your chances of winning have gone down. <laughs> let's Matt, be because clear. Let's be clear. We are in, we've had about 75 reviews or so. Um, and how can people actually leave reviews and get entered into a draw so to win if, the book? So if you're just coming to this, we have signed copies of Vancouverism. This is Larry Beasley's new book about Vancouver. He signed all the books we have to give away. What we're doing is we're drawing a name out of the review hat that we have. And how do you get your name in this review hat? It's very simple. You go to the you Google Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. You go to the right-hand side. There's the uh, business profile. You can h- click review. You write a review. Your name goes in the hat. We draw a winner. We have another winner today. We'll save this, though, for after... Our conversation with mel and dave which we should cut to right now yeah we should cut to that and i mean even if you are leaving a review just even if it's even if you don't win you're helping us grow which we appreciate and also you get a chance to be have your name in secrets bowler cap <laughs> free of charge yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's our interview with mel and dave dupuy enjoy guys <laughs> Okay, so we're here with Mel and Dave Dupuy, uh, real estate investors and best-selling authors. Um, also, a hundred doors, Matt, if you can believe that, specializing in multifamily. That's Incredible. Uh, welcome, Mel and Dave.
2: Hey
3: guys, thanks for having us on.
2: Hi guys, thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for taking the time.
2: Oh, our pleasure.
1: Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourselves?
2: Sure. Um, so Dave and I, when we when we met, Dave and I, we both had a passion for real estate investing. I had two properties, and, and Dave had the one, and uh, yeah, we, we had the same same love for it. So we decided, hey, let's let's turn doing this more and more. So we slowly build our portfolio, you know, just one at a time over a couple of years, and then um, a few years afterwards, we discovered the the power of working with other people, so other other people's money, and uh, and that's when we were able to to buy the twelve properties in twelve months. And we've been buying ever since, and we, we're now at 100 doors, and uh, we have, what, another – how many under contract? Are at? Yeah, we've got three,
3: three or four deals at the bank right now under contract. So if if those get approved, which fingers crossed, um, I think we had another 70 to 80 doors. So we, we could almost be doubling our, our portfolio in the, in the next couple of months, which is super exciting.
1: That is exciting. So there's there's a lot to unpack there, but maybe we can we can start with how did you guys get your interest in real estate? Like where did you where did you get your start?
3: Yeah, and and honestly, it's always been like even in high school. I remember a friend of mine. Uh, we played hockey together, and his his dad had rental properties, and he had a book, and it was, I forget what it's called. I wish I, I really wish I knew the name, but uh, I read it, and it, you know, it talked about how, you know, millionaires mostly deal with real estate and that type of thing or it's made through real estate. I think it's what is it Mel like ninety percent or something Mm -hmm. of millionaires. But yeah, so I just always piqued my interest. Like who doesn't want to be a millionaire? So um and then like Mel said I had one rental property. Guys I was scared. Uh, not gonna lie. Like I was worried, barriers, super paranoid on everything. And then Mel came along and just basically showed me like, hey, you do a lease, you know, you rent it out it's not rocket science, just kind of get her done. You learn as you go. And as soon as you took those barriers away, that's when the floodgates just kind of opened.
1: And and Mel, how, I guess the same question, how, how did you get your start? But how did you, uh, because we, we deal with a lot of kind of mom and pop investors uh, out here on the West Coast who who, yeah, talk about there's a lot of anxiety around, especially when you're getting your start. Can you talk about how you got your start, but also how you... Uh, we're able to kind of remove those barriers uh, that that Dave's talking about prior to to meeting Dave.
2: I think it was just you know I, I saw the value in it. I saw the value that hey, if I can make 000, say off a thousand dollars, they offer duplex, and okay, there's going to be I might get a non-payment of rent for a couple of months. Okay, so that's say three thousand dollars. Well, I'm still ahead by how much for the year. So it was, I, I was always looking at the overall picture instead of just, okay, what if somebody doesn't pay their rent one month? Or what if, you know, I get a midnight call for a plug toilet, which never happens, although everybody says that. <laughs> um, you know, those kind of things. It was just kind of, you know what, I'll, I'll just deal with it. Was It was my thing. And, and for sure certain things happened, but it wasn't as bad as, as what I thought it would be. And then when we when we started doing it, then they, I got excited because we started putting things behind us. So we, you know, we'd say, "Hey, if I want to buy this vehicle, then I need to, I need to buy another three properties in order to buy this vehicle." So, okay, well, let's do that. So then we'd buy some properties, and, and a portion of that cash flow now pays for those vehicles. And, and, we, and once we started doing that, and okay, next would be the house, or, and, or trips for the kids, or. So anything we kind of want, we say, well, in order to do this, we need to to keep purchasing properties and growing, and it was kind of our motivation to do so.
1: And, and can you talk maybe a little bit about? So you've you've got a couple properties uh, early on. How do you how do you? scale the way you've been able to scale like is it something that was was strategic did you sit down did you kind of create an outline or is this something that just it was one property to the next to the next to the next and now you're looking back and saying wow how did we get here or was it more kind of did you did you actually map it out Uh,
3: initially it was just kind of i wouldn't say map it out well i guess map mapped it out but we were too uh, we were too cookie cutter. We were too in the box. We weren't thinking outside the box. So, you know, the typical, um, you know, up the money, uh, sorry, up the value, refinance, take that, put into the next one. Well, that's awesome. However, there there's a life cycle in that, and there's a span that you can do that. And I think once we hit about five or six, um, that didn't work anymore. Or, is the, you know, the bank started not... Uh, liking the ratios and just just different reasons why it didn't work anymore. So that's when and people had talked to us about vendor takeback mortgages and um, owner financing and that. And, it, it, and I always thought that sounds like you know you're trying to sell me snake oil here. Snake, you know it just <laughs> <Yeah>. didn't sound
2: <laughs> like what
3: I can buy a place with no money. And I was just like, yeah, I don't want to do that shady stuff. And then we we read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki and. And I just started really indulging in podcasts and all that type of stuff. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can do this, you know, and it's not um, backdoor deals and it's all legal and everyone's doing it. Why am I not doing it? So once we hit that point, you know, other people's money and leveraging, leveraging is insane. But once you figure out how to do it, um, either seller financing or private money, if done right, the sky's the limit.
2: And I think a big part of what was holding us back is that, we heard of all the nightmares. we heard of the you know the other real estate investors who had tried it and fell you know it just weren't successful in it and and it was holding us back a little bit at the beginning and then then we started wondering well what went wrong like what could we do differently yeah. in order to make sure that if we're going to do this in a big way we have to make sure we're successful at it so a taking, lot of it
3: yeah taking apart there not to be mean but taking apart where they kind of fell is where we made sure to, to bridge over that and, and and have that safety blanket on those areas.
2: So We literally had conversation with, you know, with, with various people who, whether in the past or, or they knew somebody and, and say, Hey, what went wrong? And, and uh, they were willing to share with us. And so now we make sure to, you know, learn from their mistakes and ensure that we never yeah. do, do those in, in our own uh, business.
1: Yeah. S- so it- It sounds like you're part of, I guess there's a, there's a, I feel like there's a thousand questions here. Uh, One is, is your portfolio primarily in North Bay, Ontario?
3: Correct. Everything. As of today, we're we're looking Canada wide now, but as of right now, yes.
1: Okay. So it's, it's in North Bay. And when did you guys start the, like the 12 properties in 12 months, which is, is incredible. But how long ago was that? Uh, The 12 and
3: 12 was 2017. Um, oh wow! So not so
1: that—that's even more recent than I was thinking.
3: Yeah, no, we, we were literally we were on our uh, family holiday um, in Florida. We bring the kids to Florida every year, and Mal and I were sitting in Orlando around our uh, the the pool at, at the house we rented, and we listened to the audiobook, "Rich Dad Poor Dad." And then at, in 2016, sorry, that's when it was, and then that's when we vowed 2017. We're just we're just lighting it on fire, like, and, and that's when we really tore it up. <laughs>
1: So, okay. So, and, and then the other thing is we, you know, uh, like vendor take back mortgages and the power of leveraging, I think we've talked a little bit about those types of things on the podcast, but not a ton. Is it possible to kind of walk us through your uh, kind of path towards financial literacy in, in uh, being able to use other people's money?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'll do in a couple of different, I'll uh, talk about owner financing you know, slash vendor take back, and then I'll talk about kind of private lending. So our bread and butter, and and, and I thank every single one of the owners that, you know, did um, owner financing with us because it, it just propelled us. So basically, they've got a building for sale, um, and most of them were private. Most of them were, were, we found them online, we found them, you know, in the classified. However, it still does happen with realtors, as long as the realtors are on the same page. But basically, it's, you know, you got a place for sale. You're a seller. I'm a buyer. I explained to you, I want to grow my portfolio. However, coming up with 20, sometimes 25% of the purchase price is just unrealistic on the on the scale and the volume that I want to do it at. So I'll buy your building. And it's all negotiated, guys, and I get more into it after. But you know, I'll buy your building. I can go to the bank. Don't give me 80% or 75% loan-to-value of the purchase price and you because you've owned the building for twenty years you pay down the mortgage and you hold back the, the balance. So you're so they're basically holding back your deposit. Um are making that deposit for you by holding it back. Now the win wins of it is the seller because they get hit with capital gains when they sell it. So now that first year is the biggest year they get hit. So they're getting hit on capital gains, but the remaining balance, the twenty or twenty five percent I'm not an accountant, so look this up. It's just kind of what I, you know, what we kind of do. So don't, you know, take it for what it's worth. But that remaining balance, they now get to spread over five years capital gain. So, so they're, you know, they're not just doing it from the bottom of their hearts, they get a gain as well, right? Like they, they have a positive, they get a win out of it. Um, and they make points, they make interest on that, that mortgage that they're holding back. And they're secured against the building. You don't make your payment, you know, they can take their building back. So, there's really a lot of pros and cons. not a lot of pros, you know, there's some cons, but as long as you prep yourself and find the right deals and structure it right, it's a pretty awesome, awesome way of buying.
2: And if in situations, and, and that's happened as well, where, where of course the person, this person just wants to sell and get out of it. Um, then we, we look to private lenders. Um, and it's kind of the same thing. We, we work specifically with the private lenders. We don't have a necessarily a cookie cutter strategy or or set way that we we finance with them. So we'll we'll ask questions to the private lender. So what's your ultimate goal? Do you want your money back in six months? Do you want your money back in five years? And depending on that question, we're gonna find you, because we have a lot of properties, we're always looking at tons of buildings. We'll look at aligning the building with the right private lender that we can work with. So if somebody wants to have their money back in six months, then hey, we have a flip, we're gonna do the renos. It's going to take two months to renos, bring it over to the bank. So in three months, we're going to be able to flip it. We always leave a cushion in case something goes wrong on expense to so we can pay them back say within the six months. Um, so, we, so we ask the questions and we work with the lenders.
1: So in, in just thinking about how quickly you've amassed your doors here, which is kind of incredible. Uh, so 2017, 12 properties in 12 months, I, where like you're talking about uh, different private lenders and uh, the whole process of kind of learning and figuring out these vendor take-back mortgages and finding uh, sellers that are that are interested in this like this all happened very fast did you where how did you how did you go through this crash course so quickly
3: the crash course kind of happened again like once we got our eyes open to it um, we we spoke to like Melanie was saying earlier. We spoke to someone else who had done it and had a little bit of failure, um, so we knew what not to do there. Right. And then uh, and then basically we just started doing up the offers with the lawyers, and it kind of not that it guided itself, but it was just here's what we need for the deal to, to cash flow because the deal still has the cash flow, and that's that's honestly a, one of the key pieces, guys. Is we look at deals all the time. Um for a hundred percent finance deal to cash flow, it has to be either really under like underperforming with, with the potential or it has to be a strong cash flowing building. Um because again, 100 percent finance, like that's that's a lot of your cash flow going to paying mortgages, right? So when we do find those ones, we're very, very aggressive because you know, once that vendor take back or that owner financing is gone, just think of how much more it'll cash flow. So as long so going through with lawyers, you know, making sure the terms you know, 25-year amortization to keep the cash flow up, uh, five-year terms, you know, interest is negotiable. Some some sellers are okay with doing interest-only payments, which, again, helps your, your monthly cash flow. Um, and then after we did a few, we just said, hey, this is how we do it. And then, you know, the sellers either, and it wasn't like a mean way, but the, hey, this is how we do it. If you're willing, if you're interested, this is what we need to get out of the deal or to get into the deal and let us know if it works. Right. And they, Sometimes they do say no, right? And, and that's okay.
2: And we got very aggressive. We, you know, all over my social media, I would put, hey, we want to buy your social, or we want to buy your rental property. We started having radio ads. So people were calling us, you know, we'd get 10 calls in the morning every time their radio ads would go off saying, hey, I have a, I have a duplex, I have a sixplex, I have a single home. And, and we would just look at deals every day. Um, and when I say look at deals, we would not physically go there. We'd look at the numbers because it's all about Obviously, you get it. If the numbers don't work, there's no use wasting our time or their time to look at the building. Um, so we just crunch numbers and and find the ones that would make financial sense. And um, and again, we always had to make sure to have an exit strategy. So before, if if I didn't feel confident that I could bu- I I could pay them back, we would not purchase the property. And that happened all the time. We would look at some properties and the cash flow was okay, but then we'd think, well, how am I going to pay them back? And Four years or five years, depending on the term. And if I wasn't sure, then we would not buy it because that's how people fail—is when they cannot pay them back. And for us, we've been—I mean, we've—we we've, fast forward. We've already paid back um, about seven of them, like yeah,
3: four. we did. We paid out of the out of the twelfth in that year. We paid back seven already, and we had five-year terms, so we're three years early. Um wow. which is great thing to have, right? So our cash flow is going to go up. Plus the, the credibility, right? The, the the investors and the owners or the sellers love it because you got a five year deal, they pay you back in year two, all your money. So right. And
2: now what's happening is that those those people obviously trust us so they'll tell their friends about it, or they have other buildings, guess who they want to sell it to, knowing that, you know, we're able to pay them back and that our businesses uh, obviously we we know we, we're properly structured and it's important to us and we make sure that we have that exit strategy so they they Want to do it again? So, we have a couple of people that, hey, as soon as you pay us back and we're just um, doing some refis to pay out a few more, actually, in the next couple of months, they want to proceed and, and do more with us. So, it's it's um,
3: yeah, once you do it, it's like a bicycle. Once you do it, the reputation and the knowledge is it just kind of kept keep going, guys.
2: And give them a reason to trust you. Why, if you're going to do it, why should somebody invest? Because ultimately, they're they're investing in you. They're trusting you with your, their money. Why should somebody invest with Melanie and Dave? Well, I can give you a thousand reasons, right? Because we we've proven we have our we only buy the the cash flowing properties. We have exit strategies. Um, we have our team behind us. If something uh, we with our property management as well, our vacancy rate is is always zero. We have waiting lists. We can't. We can't keep up. So, vacancies are never an issue. Um, so, if you're somebody trying to to do that to to get a private lender, you you have to have your reasons, um, and you should know them and be confident in them. If you want to sell to somebody, what's your credit score? Um, all those kind of things. It's information that you should be willing to share with with somebody. Because otherwise, I know I wouldn't be sharing my money with just anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure that you have reasons why, why they shouldn't invest with you.
1: So, so can we talk just a little bit about that process? Cause we went over a lot there. So maybe starting in thinking about how to find, um, vendor take back mortgages. First of all, you talked about some of the strategies that you had put together, you know, being on the radio, for example, how are you, how are you finding these people? Like how did you take a proactive approach?
3: Well, I'm just thinking back to when we first started. So, yeah, like Melanie said, the ads, the radio, everything and Then they would call us. And it's all in the conversation. And even the places that were up for sale on on different avenues, I would email them saying, you know, hey, are you open to creative financing? Most of the time they don't know what that is. And you go over with them. So it's really reaching out. Uh, you're putting yourself out there. Sometimes it's uncomfortable and you get hard nosed, but uh, it is what it is, right? You don't know unless you ask. So it was doing that. Um, Word of mouth, too, uh, contacting all the realtors uh, and just saying, hey, you know, and getting that buzz out there, getting that word, that uh, that kind of, you know, contacting the realtors that do a lot of commercial, do a lot of multifamily. Hey, if you have someone that's willing to hold, I've got a bank that's willing to them and say yes, you know, and they'll bring it to you. And, and then, hey, you will you can double-end it. So, what realtor doesn't want to double-end the deal, right? So, that's, that's the incentive there. The other thing, too, guys, is I would go. On, and I still do it sometimes actually because I I find it fun, kind of, not, not going fishing, but I still go on, you know, Kijiji or wherever people post apartments for rent. And I'll just say, uh, like, let's say, hey, you own a place and you're going to you have it up for rent. I'll just say, hey, I, I, I'm a real estate investor. I'm looking to buy places. If ever you're interested in selling, contact me. And sometimes I'll say, those get like, no, why are you? Stop bothering me. But sometimes people will say, yeah, in, in the future I will. And, and they have. So it's just, you're going at them from different ports or different kind of angles. Um, and I have nothing against real estate agents, but some people don't want to deal with realtors. They want to go lawyer to lawyer, they wanna save that fee. So you're coming at them, you know, they, they post an ad on the to rent out their place and so they've got someone saying, Hey, if ever you go to sell, let me know. I'll buy it if the numbers are good. Like if someone who knows what's going on in their life, if they need to sell, you just you just put that bug in their ear.
1: And Dave, sorry to cut you off. I was just going to sorry to cut you off there. But are you are are these people that you're targeting? Are they actually do they own multifamily buildings typically? Are you looking at individual units as well? Condos, individual condo units as well that people are renting out.
3: I'm to, uh, our bread and butter is multifamily.
1: So it would um, be a multifamily complex typically.
2: Yeah. Yes, we have a few residential, but no, it's uh, that was more when we started off. We had those, but now it's multifamily is is what we specialize in. Yeah. The other thing, too, and uh, the MLS system, uh, and I was actually looking
3: at some stuff in Vancouver, um, you can go in and type in the filters. You can go in the commercial section and type in VTB, or you can type in owner financing or a couple of buzzwords like that. And it's becoming more and more not acceptable but it's more and more uh, people understand it so some people like some some listings will will just say it btb available for you know um a uh, qualified purchaser owner financing available upon you know so people are putting it right in the ads now, too so that's another way of finding it as well
1: and, and so what when you actually so so when you're engaging people and you actually get somebody that seems interested what what does a dialogue typically look like like what does a a conversation what are you trying to what's the information that you're trying to to get from the owner
3: what what I'm trying to I I want to know their i guess not their why but their their why and their what so you know why are they selling and the what is where it comes to the um what they sorry what they need out of the deal so some people ask, hey i bought this property for my you know my my kids to go to school you know it was a uh, for It was a fourplex. They rented one unit. The other three paid for, you know, they're the building for for the kids. But they're done school now. So, hey, I don't need this building. So they time. They want to get rid of it, right? They don't want to deal with it anymore. Some people, uh, I want a certain closing date. You know, it's September right now. uh, But I don't want to close till January 2020 due to tax reasons. Okay, so, hey, let's get under contract and we'll close whenever you want, whatever works for you, right? Some Some people love it. The vendor takes back to the owner financing again because they get to spread that capital gains over five years. Like one guy, I think we bought three or four, and same thing. He uh, he just wanted to play around with the capital gains to, to uh, you know to legally uh, save on taxes. So it, it's really talking to the owner and seeing what they want, and then coming up with a win-win. Like okay, you you know you want this gone in a month, that's fine, but I'm going to need you to help me with financing. I'm going to need you to. You know, if a vacant become, if a unit becomes vacant, I show it, I rent it at the rent that I want. So it honestly, guys, it's just a back and forth. You know, we know what we need out of the deal. And then we compromise to see what they want. And then, hey, if it still makes cash flow and it still makes sense at the end of the day, why not?
2: And a big part of it, and, and Dave touched on it just very briefly, but I think it's very important to remember, is that because it sounds, you know, you're listening to a podcast and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that sounds really rosy, but we got a lot of no's. <laughs> You know, it does not always work out. People don't always want to, we, you know, whether it's whether it's because they want to get out or they're not interested or perhaps they just don't feel comfortable or whatever the reason is. So, yes, we bought 12 in 12 months um, using, and that was one of the strategies. But we also, we put in a lot more than 12 offers that did not work out. So we, we, we were very aggressive. We put in a lot of offers. A lot of them did not work out but 12 of them did. Yeah, no,
3: and the other thing too is just because a seller is willing to offer you, like just because you can walk into a deal 100% financed, doesn't, uh, we've had offers and we still say no, like we say no because a hey, if you, like if you're buying a building that's completely turnkey, there's no way to, to lift the rent, there's no appreciation left in the building, well, okay, yeah, you finance the building but what am I going to do to increase the value to turn around and refinance it and pay you out? So, Sometimes those turnkey buildings, they don't work for us because of that. So that's something to know. Unless the rents are super, you know, it's a turnkey building, but the rents are super low. So that's, your, your action strategy is so, so important. And that's kind of where the, the person we had talked to had failed because they were hoping on appreciation. They were hoping on, and, and the market didn't cooperate. Right. Um,
2: so control the things you can control. Yeah. And although it's attractive. Um, you know cuz you think hey I'm basically getting this house or this apartment for free I'm not putting any of my own money and it's very attractive that's great but you have to pay them back in 5 yeah. years the how day, are you going to pay back 100 grand
3: the day will come right
2: the day will come so make sure you're prepared <laughs> yeah. first. and and I mean our strategy is always pay them back
3: early. before
2: them right to so pay mm-hmm. them back early and build the equity so and,
3: and, and with uh, any and sorry I'm just I'm going to put a little spiel here but so like really private or, uh, private lending or private investor thinking you know, or, or wanting to invest with anyone like our whole mentality behind it. And, and we're dead serious about this. We, we, I tell, I tell the banks this when I'm looking them dead in the eye, my mentality is I will sell my house, you know, all kids we're going to live in one of the rentals. I'll sell my house before I don't pay a lender back because that's once your reputation has gone, it's gone. And then the other thing too is I never want to lose that golden goose. I can buy another house. I can figure it out, but I'm never ever going to let those rental properties not get paid or, you know what I mean? Because that's, That's my, that's our, it's our family's holding goose. So I'll fill my house before I lose it.
1: So a a few things, um, just in thinking about that, like, I'm trying to get a sense of the difference in, in our markets, um, like North Bay and Vancouver, obviously very different places. Can you, can (laughs) you give, (laughs) uh, can you give, um, yeah there's about 10 questions here but one is is kind of the price of a door that you guys even in when you started out and you're buying kind of single family or or single residential units like what are the what are the price points
3: yeah and and right now north bay north bay's kind of in a not gonna lie we're in a, we're in a perfect storm uh the prices are good the cap rates are between eight and 11 um and the vacancy is like well the city i think is around two or three percent but like mel was saying we're typically around zero uh and that's not bragging it's just we have lists like it anyway like i said perfect storm so the per door price here is roughly 80 to 100 uh for multifamily and and whenever you get about seven or eight doors or more in a building it kind of you know that that kind of goes by the window and it decreases a bit depending Mm -hmm. but um no, nowhere near your market. Like, what do you guys have? Four percent cap rate right there, ish, like Toronto.
1: Uh, if you get that, if you're lucky. I, yeah. I yeah. and,
3: and, and the play, like that's the thing too. I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's a different play because my building is never going to appreciate as much as it will as your building would in Vancouver. So I might make more cash flow per month. However, and, and I'm not familiar with this, so I'm not. I, I'm not even going to speculate. This the Vancouver market is. Or Toronto. If I was there, I'd play the appreciation game, I think. Um, whereas I know I'm not going to make a high cash flow, but, you know, and who knows if the bubble, like where they're at, that's at but your building is going to appreciate a lot more in two years than my building in North Bay. So that might be the play to do in Toronto and Vancouver. That's that's the angle I would be doing if I was there or investing in, in a market like that has a perfect storm like North Bay.
2: Right. And that's the thing. It depends what the, the person wants at the end, right? So for us, we're looking at we like the monthly cash flow. We want growth, of course, as well. And it's nice. It's we're certainly not growing as quickly as Toronto or Vancouver, but it, again, as as Dave mentioned, it's the perfect storm. So we there is some growth, and you also have that um, monthly cash flow. And we're getting we're getting more and more calls um, from people from you know from Toronto and across Canada contacting us, saying, "Hey, I want to buy a property with you guys. Help me find that property." Um, which is great because now we're able to do that more and more, and, and of course we'll we'll work with the private lender and say, well, what what are you looking for? Are you looking? Do you have fifty thousand? Do you have two hundred fifty thousand to invest? Um, do you want your money back in a year? Do you want it back in five years? Um, and we can also do the same thing with RSPs now, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so with all of that, we're able to. That's how our goal now is to get to a thousand doors. In the next five years, and we're on track, and, and that's how we'll be able to do that now with these new strategies.
1: And, and so, in just thinking about the the differences in the market, can you talk a little bit about what what makes a good deal when you guys are looking at deals? I know cash flow is is key, but what you're looking for, and and if a your perception of a good deal has changed. Over the the process of buying so many properties,
3: yes, and, and I find to be honest with you, the number one thing now is um, what's your time worth? Like, and and that's very very personal to each person. So, what's your time worth? So before, I used to want to buy a duplex that made five hundred dollars. Um, you know, and and, that, and to someone that might be a lot of money to me right now. I don't want to tie my financing. Like we've got a building under contract right now that I think makes $8,000 net a month. So like my taste has changed. So we're looking at buying things now. Um, so that being said, I'm kind of digre- I'm digressing here. That being said, it's, it's really your choice. And the perfect deal is what your time is worth, how much of your financing you want to use, and how much of your time you want to use. So we see deals all the time. Like there was a big building, 22 units, beautiful, sexy building. You know, it, it, it's the typical real estate, you know, brick and mortar that you want. However, for twenty two units, twenty two tenants, sets of tenants, it made a thousand dollars a month, and it and it needed a lot of money. So, what's your time worth? We could buy, you know, a duplex, a triplex that makes the same amount of money, and I'm only having to deal with three sets of tenants as opposed to twenty two. So, the deals can be attractive it just depends on what you're looking for and what you're willing to do and how much of it you're willing to do does that make sense guys Mm -hmm. i don't know if i have your question
1: yeah yeah totally totally that that works and and on a like one thing that strikes me is this is more of a kind of um Uh, back to basics here, but it sounds like without, without the intermediaries, like you guys are dealing with sellers directly, like, can you talk about how, how that negotiation goes? Like what, in in terms of making offers, you're making a lot of offers that are not going anywhere uh, like anyone, it sounds like. Um, can you just talk about that process and how you approach uh, making an offer and, and actually literally getting a, you know, you, you mentioned win-win before, but getting a good deal in the negotiation process?
2: Well, well I think to have a good deal, you have to have a win-win. Um, so, So we, and I guess, you know, one of our mistakes before when we started off is that, Mel and Dave wanted to win, and and that was kind of our philosophy. And uh, throughout the years, we realized that it, when you make win-win partnerships, or you know, a sell and buy situation, then that's when that's when the perfect deal is. So um, it kind of goes back again to to talking to the sellers, finding out what's important to them, and depending on the situation, if if somebody if somebody's, for example, can wants to hold a VTB. Perhaps I'm willing to pay a little bit more if the numbers make sense. Um, if somebody wants to lend me their money longer, then I can use it longer. Then the percentage will be a little bit higher. If they if they don't have to have it um, on an actual property, so if they just say, "Hey, Mal Dave, you know I, I love what you guys are doing. I have I trust you guys. Um, put a hundred thousand. You're going to be, still be secured." by Mel and, Dave and your GPU properties which is our business.
3: Yeah, the global portfolio. Yeah, the
2: global portfolio so you, there's still security just not on one specific building. Then again that that provides us with more flexibility so we'll we'll reward that with a bit of a higher percentage. Yeah, and
3: and more of like the step by step guys which uh, is I see a building, I want the numbers. Like Mel said, we don't go wasting our time. Like I'll look on Google Earth. I love driving around looking at buildings, so I might waste a little bit of time on that. But (laughs) I want to see the income and expense. And then from there, I do my cash flow analysis, which again is basic. You know, are the ins greater than the outs? And for the amount of doors, is it worth the time? And after that, just talk to the seller and say, I'm thinking this. What do you want? And just find out their why and their what. You know, they want this timeline, they want this price, or they want a certain percent of interest. So then you get your why and what in there, and then once you guys agree on it, um, I contact my lawyer and say, hey, can you drop an offer? Uh, they drop the offer, and I, I hand deliver it to the seller, and they bring it to their lawyer. They look it over. They usually have to talk to their accountant because it's owner financing, and they want to make sure tax-wise how it can affect me, And which is great. I'd rather than talk to their accountant than just take my word for it, right? But that, that's basically how it goes, and after that, it goes to the bank once we have the signed offer. So it, it's pretty... Sellers are eager to, and again, I've got nothing against realtors. The realtors have been good to us, but eagers or sorry, sellers are eager to, uh, to just do the deal themselves. So it's it's, it's not you're not you're not really, um, you know, fighting them on it. It yeah. works pretty well.
2: And once in a while, you'll you'll have somebody that says, "Hey, I want to deal with I rather deal with an agent," and that's again completely fine. It's at the end of the day, what do you, what do you need to feel comfortable? Well, I don't feel comfortable selling my house without having an agent, you know, involved and make, making sure I'm getting fair market price. And then let's do it. Let's contact your agent and let's, let's keep rolling. So, um, don't, don't put barriers for yourself when, when you're trying to negotiate work with the seller and make sure they feel comfortable.
3: Yeah. And I, I'm just, as saying. That. I was just thinking too, we've got an agent here in the city. He knows exactly how, you know, how we roll for <laughs> <How> of <laughs> better, uh, but he knows how we do things. So whenever he lists a property, rental property, he'll ask the seller right away. Are you open to owner financing or better take back? If they say yes, you know, he sends us the numbers. Um, the other thing is if it's another agent that has the listing, we always make sure to go through our agent because we know that he's going to explain it. Because not everyone not everyone gets it, and that's okay, right? So they'll, they'll make sure to explain to the other realtor what the reasoning is, why we want this, you know and what the benefits are. We've even had it sometimes where our agent has literally presented it himself. He sat down at the table, but there was a $2 million deal last year. We put an offer in, we didn't end up closing it, but he literally sat down for an hour with the seller and with the seller's agent and said, this is why Mel and Dave want this. This is their exit strategy. Like he basically sold, it. he sold it. So mm-hmm. having that is Invaluable, right? Having an agent that gets it and that is willing to go to the seller himself and talk to them—that's crazy, right?
1: No, absolutely. Well, and 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 so the other question here—I'm just thinking about the vacancy rate in the North Bay area, but also that that you guys have a zero percent vacancy rate. How do you how do you manage to keep your properties occupied? And are you doing the property management yourself? No, they, it sounds like you've built a pretty good strong team.
2: Yes, thank you. Um, so, yeah, so when we started off, Dave and I we did everything ourselves, um, and then we we found, we founded our company, which is Dupree Properties, um, and that's. I mean, I think a big part of it was was being very vocal. We had, you know, as I mentioned, radio ads, billboards, magazine ads, we um, all over Facebook, all over Instagram. So we were we were very visible. So people, we were top of mind. We also provided. Um, we didn't lock people in, so we didn't. We don't. We don't sign one-year contracts because our philosophy is that we want you to stay with your properties because you like us, not because you have to. Um, and people love it, right? When as soon as you sign a contract with somebody, you're, you're stuck. So they people are loving that. And, uh most people you know they, they stay past a year any anyhow and the reality is if they're gonna leave they're gonna leave regardless mm-hmm. <laughs> um so you know so just providing value to to our customers we you know we provided them with gift baskets when, when they were moving in uh, we're pet friendly we you know we, we would try to do something special to to different people whether it's uh you know when somebody's dog was sick we'd drop off a little Give basket for the pop, like just little things, and we can't do that for every single tenant, but once in a while, you know, just there. people
3: will hear about
2: that. We appreciate and talk it, about. so just you know, treat them like you want to be treated. I rented it my entire time I was in college, and had I seen it all, I seen the good, bad, and ugly, and I <laughs> promised myself that I would never be the type of landlord that I, you know, that I, I had to deal with that sometimes, and and it's uh, it's doing that. So, so yeah, so now um, Dave and I are a bit more hands. Off. So we do have a, an amazing team. So we have a we actually do property management for our own company, and we also do property management for other people. So we have a lot of uh, people, for example, that are purchasing from Toronto. Um, they want us to manage it on their behalf. So we, you know, we rent out their places for them, and we uh, we, can we manage it. In
3: Vancouver as well.
2: Yeah, that's right. We do.
3: Vancouver. There's one. Is it Alberta?
2: Saskatchewan.
3: Yes, and then uh, yeah, a couple from Toronto. Yep. We're looking for more Vancouver people.
2: Yeah, so if, uh, <laughs> if you're from Cuba and, and you're northeast speaking your interest, whether you're a private lender or uh, want to purchase, you know, give us a call. Well, and we always hear about it,
3: and you you live there, but the people that you know bought their house years ago, and now they sell it, and, and and it's worth like so much more than what they first bought. Like that's awesome that you guys have that. Like I know it's not good with when you're trying to buy it right now, but uh, for those people that lucked out, it's good for them.
1: It's it's only good if you leave the market, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> or or if you, or if but, um, you take that, yeah,
2: unless, unless you re unless you refinance, yeah, you and refinance. put that money to work. work for you, <laughs> sure. yeah. Exa-
1: exactly, sure. uh, In North Bay, uh, so <laughs> qu- one one question that we always ask, and it sounds like is is a question that um, you guys uh, asked quite a few people when you were getting started. W- what was your biggest or what was one of your biggest mistakes?
2: Hmm,
3: I've got a couple. Um,
2: how much time do we, we have? We have, <laughs> we have
1: time for we have time for a couple.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm going to say the the typical cheesy one, not cheesy, I should say, but uh, not being scared, but just not acting quick enough. Like just just like it's so simple now in my head. Like it, just figure it out as you go. Like. Um, I forget, someone had told me once, you know, if you drive to New York from Los Angeles, you you know, if you wait till every light is green, you're never going to get there. Just go, get to the next red light, figure it out, you know, and keep going. Like, as you go along, you'll figure it out. And it's not rocket science. When we had our first non-payment of rent, oh, geez, I look it up on Google, okay, serve the paperwork. Just do it. Just just go out and do it, and you'll figure it out as you go, and that's the best way to learn. Um, So that's the cheesy one that everyone kind of says, but it's so real.
2: For I me, mean, one that I can think of um, was just not really doing my due diligence and perhaps being a bit naive when I started. And and um, I purchased a property. This was before I knew um, I knew Dave, but I purchased a property and it was a house. And I thought, well, I'm going to make a granny suite in in the basement, so to, you know, to have the value. And I thought it was very brilliant for thinking <laughs> for thinking that <laughs> I did and the renovations and and um, Couple of years down the road, once I was Dave and I were together at that point, we got a we got a knock on the door saying, "Hey, you guys have an illegal basement apartment." Um, so we had to get rid of the tenants and yeah. sell the property. Yeah, <laughs> and it kind of worked out well because we still ended up making a bit of money. But it was certainly, and we that was the only one. Um, but now we don't mess around. We you know we we do everything by the book. And that was that one was more of a naive. I just didn't really um, realize that I couldn't do it. Um,
3: and that, guys, we did a refinance, right? So the appraiser walked through, called the city to verify the zoning, and that's when uh, this is the duplex, correct? And I said no, oh. and then so no, not not the appraiser, you know, but it, it was just it was it was innocent, and they called to verify the zoning for for the report, and that's what got us hung up. So we had to sell it.
2: Yeah. So we learned our lesson, though we don't uh, we don't even take. You know, whoever's worked for it, whether it's the seller or the agent, we do our due diligence. So that means we call the city directly yeah. and say, "This is the address I'm buying."
3: Yeah, I want to hear directly from the horse's mouth. I call this. She knows me well. I call her. Okay, what address do you want, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> What's the zone? What's the legal use? Uh, and okay. I don't say anything, right? Even if, if it's none of my business, right? So if it's operating as a seven flex and it's zoned as a five, I don't. I don't want to get. You know, that's that's the that's the seller's thing. So, but anyway. But I just want to know what I'm getting in. Yeah,
2: we're just confirming. We're not. We're never putting yeah. anybody in a situation where you know they're, they're stuck having stuff they don't want to. It's just we're just confirming. Hey, okay, well, yeah. And that's what you can ask. How? What's the? How? You know? How many apartments? Or you know, is it a duplex or a triplex, and how is it zoned? Now another one, guys.
3: Um, I know you wanted one, but I'm just thinking, thinking back. It was tougher when we had less. So I know that sounds ridiculous, but once we hit about. When we had four, five, six, I think it was, I was taking time off work. I was running around. I was trying to do things myself, fixing, looking up, because I'm not a handy guy at all. So I was looking up on YouTube, how to fix toilets. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's a, what's a what do you call it, the, the ring? And having to go back to Home Depot and say, yeah, I need that wax <laughs> ring or whatever. So, was, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. things like that. Silly. I know it sounds, but uh, once we realize, okay, take the time, pay someone else to do it. And, you know, it, it, be what you are. So I, I'm a numbers guy. I'm, uh, like, looking at deals. So to do that, Dave. Hire the plumber. Get the plumber to do that. And I know it's all cash flow and that. But once we stopped trying to beat everything, it got easier. And then as we bought more and we had people helping, that's, it got just easier. So the more buildings we have, the easier it gets. And I know that doesn't make sense, but it, it, in a way, it's kind of the way it goes.
2: And it's amazing because now we can really concentrate on what we love, which is looking at buildings and, you know, and, and buying. and and finding those cash flowing properties. Um and now being more hands-off. So we have a property manager, for example, he's the one doing the viewings, taking care of the tenants overall. Um, he also has an assistant. Um, so so that means that we're able to be more hands-off and really concentrate on continuing to grow and and again we're looking at north day, we're also looking across Canada trying to find those those amazing cash flowing properties. So we we gotta look at tons of them to find the ones. So it gives us more time to do so.
3: Yeah, and just to, um, like when Mel and I were doing everything. So that's, we both had full-time jobs and then we're both, so you're what? You're looking at 40 hours a week times two, and I know I'm using very basic numbers, so you're looking at 80 hours a week. Now that we have five people working with us and plumbers and all that, so you know, with that 40 times five, that's 200 hours. Um
2: Can we just, yeah. yeah, just read?
3: Now we're working 200 hours a week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just so it, it's just leveraging. Like we said earlier, leveraging time, leveraging money, leveraging relationships, leveraging knowledge. It, it, it's just, it's, it's infinite once you start leveraging.
1: That's, hey, that, those are some great mistakes. Uh, and, yeah. and I think our <laughs> listeners are going to learn a lot from them. Uh, and it sounds like just, uh, we might have buried the lead here because you guys retired before you were 40. I'm not sure if you're... Uh, 40 now but it, presumably that was in the last year or two you guys quit your day jobs and and started doing this full-time
2: yeah so that was my goal my ultimate goal was to um to quit my full-time job and at the beginning of the podcast i mentioned we always had a, a reason behind things right it if i buy three more i can i can buy the vehicles of my dreams if i do this i can do this and then once we started more and more we thought well if i buy and out of the twelve properties, I can have more than enough cash flow to cover my my wage and, and, and I had a great job. I had a great unionized unionized job with a pension and everything, benefits. You know, so taking all of that into consideration, um once I once I did that then I, I knew that um we were gonna be able to do that. And uh, yeah so that's when that's kind of when I was able to uh, to finally do once we had enough properties and
3: yeah yeah and I, i'm not 40 yet so um
2: he's younger than me so he, <laughs> he just wants to make sure to brag about yeah. that he's only 34 oh my
1: god <laughs> so, i'm 33 and, yeah. and you whatever. wow <laughs> That's
3: okay what, yeah seven years ago yeah so that makes me 25 26 whatever anyway 26 25 27 Um, but that's why it's like, just get started. I wish I would have started at 20. I wish I would have started when I read that book in high school and I should have, but anyway, it's never too late.
1: Yeah. And, and maybe as a final question for you guys, uh, it sounds like you're, everything's in North Bay, but you're looking at other markets. Are there any markets you're particularly excited about in Canada right now?
3: Well, there's some, like just an hour from us, just an hour west from us, Sudbury. Um, they're, like we're 50,000. They're about almost three times the size. Um, so we are, and it's only an hour away from us. Right. So that one's kind of attractive. Um, where was I looking? Was it Winnipeg? I was looking at Winnipeg the other day, a couple of buildings and there's somewhere south. No, I forget the name, but it, it, it's like secondary, secondary markets is really where we're looking. Like, like the big Ottawa's on fire, Vancouver's on fire, Toronto, like, and I know Winnipeg's still a big city, but it's, yeah, it's mostly the secondary markets but again I'm just I'm on MLs every day love it yeah. and um so it's really yeah those are kind of where I'm looking right now North Bay is obviously easier because I'm just right here and it's you know it's, it's it's easier you're at home I get it I get the market but um those are kind of Sudbury I think will be the next purchase
2: because it's a natural extension for us we can we can also extend our duP property services there as well um now that we have our all our systems developed um, it's something that we can yeah. open so there as well. Windsor,
3: Windsor as well. That's right. We've got a realtor there in Windsor. We reached out to us a couple of buildings. They look good. We just need to finalize some stuff. So those are kind of where we're looking. That's where we've seen some cool stuff so far.
1: Well, well, maybe we'll leave it there. But but Dave and Mel, uh, for people that are looking for more information about what you guys are doing, uh, how can they find you?
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, we have our company's website, which is dupreproperties.com D-U-P-U-I-S property.com. dot um, We're also on Instagram, Investor Couple underscore Mel underscore Dave. And if you hear or if you like what you're hearing today, we're always adding. We also do little clips all the time. We are doing a IGTVs. Um, you know, a couple times a week so we're we're posting videos and tips and. Uh, Things that we're we're learning or mistakes we've made. So give us a follow, and and you'll be able to hear more about uh, what we're doing there as well. We also have a uh, YouTube as well that we're just working on. It's going to be uh, live pretty soon.
3: Yeah, and we've got we've got an Amazon. Like you were saying earlier, an Amazon best selling book, uh, real estate investing secrets: a no guide to. Um, I think it's wealth and freedom. Creating wealth yeah. and freedom. Yeah,
1: <laughs> 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 got to read your own book, Dave. Yeah, yeah.
3: There you go. but also, read it. It's only eighty-eight pages on purpose. We want it to be quick and dirty, short. You know, you could read it in one sitting. So read the book, and it, it's kind of like a, a an insight and motivation. It's a, a quick overview
2: of, of how we did it, basically. just so yeah. the beginner's guide to, to how to get started.
1: That's fantastic. Well, well, thanks again for taking the time, you guys.
2: Oh, so, thank you. Our Ethan. pleasure. We loved it. Thank you so much yeah, for that having was, us. Yeah, that
1: was great. Thanks. Thank you so much. A lot, lot to think about there.
2: Awesome. Great. Thank, well, you, thank you so much.
1: So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Mel and Dave Dupuis. Really enjoyed that conversation, and really invest by numbers, Matt. This is a, this is a great episode. Yeah, you know what? I I love. There's so there was so much uh, ton pack in. You know, I felt like Dave or Mel would say like three, four lines, and it'd be like, "Okay, now I have seven more questions." Right, um, but I think I think we covered it. I think it I think it was a great conversation, and uh, yeah, that whole idea of you know focus on what you know and scale. Totally, and don't and don't let the fear get you down. That's, no, because Dave is kind of an incredible guy. He's what thirty four or something like that. Owns a hundred doors, and he's he feels like he's let life pass him by. <laughs> I know, I know. I felt like giving Dave a, a shake through the phone and saying, "Don't worry, you got time." Absolutely, but it is kind of incredible what those guys have done. It is. It is for sure. And, and you know what I I love? And I mean, we talked a little bit about this in the intro, but I just, I love that they're sitting somewhere in a tropical destination on vacation with their kids and they say, you know what? It's go time. And then they got it done. And, and this kind of practical approach, right? Like I want a new car. Well, how many more doors do we need? What kind of cash flow do we need to get that? Or, Hey, we want to go on a vacation or Hey, we want to retire all these things. They've done it all very quickly. It sounds very creatively as well and sure. uh and yeah that was just it was a fantastic conversation so what else do we got Matt we also have we talked about it last time we've got a book it's it's not even a guide now because it's growing it's oh, right. growing into what's we've, we've been basically, in basically it's like for a, all week here with a pen and a pad uh it's it's unbelievable we we've got this book now is getting and it's mostly because of you you're a real stickler you know for, for prose. What, what I like to do is I really like to get the pros right, and I also, sure. uh, and, and partly inspired by uh, Mel and Dave, who are best-selling authors, yeah. I think we got to really unpack these ideas. Well, you know what? The ideas are definitely being unpacked, and uh, this guide is going to be available. We had to go back and revise a few sections on account of Matt's um, red pen. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be readable guys it's gonna it's going to to be, be readable. super readable. it's, it's almost yeah. as good as Larry Beasley's prose yeah. in uh, in this little book called Vancouverism. we're giving away exactly and speaking of that book Matt we do have a winner for today that winner is secret drumroll the winner today is Al Mock Al Mock congratulations and Al wrote, great podcast for Matt and Adam. They have informative conversations with very knowledgeable individuals, ranging from real estate news, government policies, to economics and fun facts. Well, thank you very much, Al. Thank that you, was great. And you got a signed copy of Vancouverism coming to you. And uh, we appreciate that review. We appreciate all the reviews. We do. And what else do we got today? We got the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. Yeah, Matt, what can people find there? Well, you can sign up. We should say one more time, we're sending out those stats today. That's for everyone who signed up to the LiveWire. We also got the deal of the month. We got an assignment at cost right now going out as the new deal of the month. We also got private client services. We do, Matt. And before I get to my spiel on private client services, I just want to say if you want a copy of that seller's guide, an advanced copy, do get in touch with us and request it. We're also available for doing comparative market analysis for you. If you are thinking of selling this fall, this is a good time. The market is definitely picking up. We're looking at some of the busiest months of the year right now, and it is definitely time to sell if you are planning and selling in 2019 and before we get to uh, our regular private client services pitch here adam we should say it's not really a pitch man it's a service announcement um, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's really but let's it, let's talk about this seller's guide because well i don't want to i don't want to spoil it no do here's what it is here's what it is we're putting together the absolute best seller's guide for people that want to sell their property for top dollar in as quickly as possible and without headaches, basically. That's That's what it is. It's, uh, and we're spending a ton of time on it. And what I'm really excited about is this is going to actually change the way you get ready to list your property. And really, this is probably one of your biggest assets so you need to focus on this time and uh, really, really get it right. And Matt, we can help you with that. We absolutely can help you, but we should say there's no obligational cost with this. For sure. Just but get we do sell properties. Yeah. We do sell a lot of properties. We sell a lot of properties, but get in touch and we can send you an advanced copy of the seller's guide. Um, we're also available for doing comparative market analysis for your home. This was a busy summer. It was July I, and August were, was a it was a busy summer. This is a good time to list your property. This while well, the fall is the second busiest uh, market of the year traditionally, but this year I can almost guarantee it's going to be busier in the spring. I'll take that guarantee. What else do we got? We got private client services. We do Matt, and if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information at your fingertips. We've tried them all. This is the best research tool out there, and I got to say. If you know anyone who's using PCS, just ask them because they will tell you how much they enjoy using this research tool. And we have so many clients that have several accounts. I have several accounts. You have several accounts. Yeah, I got four or five. It's the best way to monitor the market. It's free. It's at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And if you want to talk about that or anything else real estate related or otherwise... Uh, I'm thinking succession, seven seven eight eight four seven two eight five four or Matt at Vancouver Real dot com. Or you can try me at seven seven eight eight six six four five seven four or Kendall Roy at Vancouver Real dot com. We also got that bar on the floor line. <laughs> Info at Vancouver Real dot com. Have All a great right. week, guys. Yeah, welcome to the fall. It's uh it's exciting times. Enjoy your trip.
2: This is for radio. Subscribe today.
1: or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers, that's Holyhouse.ca.
0: Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution.
1: We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down.